2008, Marvel Studios has brought us over 10 years of cinematic blockbusters, and nothing will ever be the same. Can we, as mere mortals, prevail? Join us to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. True believers, the next chapter begins with another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our special guest co-host for this evening, if you're listening in the evening or in the morning... Or in the afternoon. Or in the middle of the night. The twilight. You're just like... Whenever. I'm I'm unemployed, and I'm just listening to some guys talk about Marvel. Whoa, 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 Please, don't don't even... All of a sudden, you just hear sad, dramatic music. Insert here. Yeah. John, if you want to insert dramatic music, you can. It's public domain, because we can't pay that stuff. No. So, yeah. Anyway, find us on social media at Facebook at facebook.com slash... The Marvelous! (laughs) Give us... Give us a follow and like on there. Follow myself at, well, facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. You can find us collectively on Twitter at The Marvelists. Give us a follow on Twitter at Peter Melnick. And also go on Instagram collectively at The Marvelists. You can find myself on Twitter, uh, on Instagram at Peter Melnick and yourself at Eddie9193. Also, people, you can be able to follow us on your email bag. Well, I mean, not really follow, but... You'll get an email from us if you send us one. It's a non-stalker kind of thing. In for a penny, in for a pound, or whatever the pinch is. I don't know. Give a penny, save a penny, take a penny. Yeah, at your local register. Exactly. But, once again, questions, comments, strongly worded letters, you name it, we'll answer them and we'll be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Thanks for your input. Golly gee, Willikers. That was a very nice letter with your penmanship, even though it's digital. Your penmanship was still nice in theory. Digital ship. <laughs> Betcha by golly wow. Stylistics. 1974. What did he become? <laughs> but anyway, drop us a line in our email bag. Like I said, themarvelous at gmail.com. You can also listen to us on a wide variety of audio streaming platforms. TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, and the biggin'. Toasty. Thank you. But Spotify. And when you listen to us on those, you can listen to us on a wide variety of iOS and Android devices. So you got an iPhone, you can listen to us. You got an Android, cool. But you can listen to us on there too. But all of those things you can listen to us on. And speaking of Stitcher, by the way, because we're gonna, you know, pretend we just said Stitcher a second ago, we didn't, but maybe 15, 20 seconds. We're going very uh, specific. Stitcher, by the way. Yeah, I said it. You go on WolverinePodcast.com and use the promo code at check out marvelists when you do people you know what we want you to do you end up signing up with that for a free one month of stitcher premium and on stitcher premium you can listen to a plethora of audio content or microphone i know but that plethora of audio content because i just want to say it again you can listen to a ton of audio content including the smodcast archives the earwolf archives the nerdist archives and most importantly weird al Second, most importantly, you can listen to the audio podcast from Marvel Studios, Marvel Entertainment. If we go with that, Marvel Entertainment. It's Marvel Entertainment. People. Okay. But Marvel Entertainment people? 
that too. But it is called Wolverine The Long Night. That's the first season, and you yeah. can listen to which now has dropped and is currently going on, and we're loving it. Wolverine The Lost Trail. Okay? Okay. So you listen to it on there, and we recommend you stay on. It's only $4.99 a month, and when you sign up for that free one month, you end up getting help for us. So, Lord knows we need it. You like what we do? Drop, you know, sign up for the thingy. But you can be a little more specific. Sign up for the Stitcher Premium content, Eddie. Or Atlantic or Pacific. Or the Altantic Ocean. Indian. Now, Arctic. What I recommend is, like I said, sign up. And if you don't like it, you can cancel it anytime. You can cancel even before the $4.99 period starts. So you end up getting, first off, for free, you can listen to the entire Wolverine the Long Night, and at least the first few episodes up to the point they get released of Wolverine the Lost Trail. Nice. It's not a bad deal. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of audio content, and it's written by a comic book writer. It's got stellar voice over art or work, that too, but it's an art. So we're going to BS our way through that and say that it is. Yeah, it's okay. But when you listen to it on there, people, you're helping support the show. When you sign up with that promo code at checkout at wolverinepodcast.com. Marvelous. Yes. So, I was almost going to say people. That, we do that too. Mm, we'll change the promo code at checkout. It would, that would be a terrible idea. That would not help us at all. It might help People Magazine. Now. They, they, they have it no almost money. sounds like what you're doing. Is, I don't know. No, because we're using the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. There we go. Not people. And we're using the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And I, who is you... that other person in the room? <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. So I want to introduce, because we are doing Avengers April this guy has been wanting to go on the show for a while, and I've been saying, Chris, we'll figure out a time. By the way, his name is Chris. That's his little minor introduction for that. But he's been wanting to do the show for a while, and he's been my movie guy for like the past, I want to say, 14 years now, something like that. I met you in 2006 when I was in high school, and I remember you because I walked in the hallway, and I heard somebody go, and they were at Ohio Valley Wrestling last day. I'm like, wait, am I having a stroke? I don't smell toast. Wait, oh, somebody's talking about indie wrestling in the farm territories and stuff. Well, it's what not the hell? indie wrestling, it's farm. Well, now it's indie, kind of. Indie! Dun, da, 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 dun, da, da. But, yeah, CJ, Chris, I've known you for a long, long time, and I wanted to finally have you on the show. You've been, We've been trying to figure out the right moment, and I feel now is the time where you can tell us what you think is going to happen in Avengers Endgame. I think we're all going to have a wonderful time at the movies for three hours, and that's it. Well, for the Marvelous, I'm Peter Mel. <laughs> what a great build-up. So, we're also going to talk about, on this episode, because this is going to be released before our other episode, which we totally didn't record last night for the end of the month. No, question, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. We're also going to talk about other goings-on in Marvel. Or ongoings. So, Exactly, you guys. So it's kind of going to be a bit of a uh, different kind of thing in the sense of the timelines are kind of skewed, but hey, it happens. We weren't the first ones to do that. It happens in Endgame 2, you know? So we're going to have like a lot of different timelines. Wait, Endgame 2? The Stop that. Holy. But you can't have two Endgames. No, a sequel. Well, they're bookend, <laughs> bookend games. Oh. Si- one before the other. Ah. That's right. One yeah. foot in front of the other. Stop that. Choose your own ending. That, like the Goosebump books. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would just always be like, oh, my character's going to die. Well, conveniently, nope, he's going to live. Dun, 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 dun. And I got chocolate milk on one copy of mine, and it sucked. 
That's the end of that. Because you missed your mouth, apparently. I, well, I was on a school bus and definitely didn't, didn't missed. Turn out well, no. but the big news, I guess you could say it is, Endgame is getting spoiled because apparently an early screening happened and a mm. lot of stuff is getting leaked. Ooh. And we are going to reveal that right now. You better not. <laughs> well, we reveal that there's a problem. There's a leak, or yeah, mm-hmm. it's out there. And. It's kind of a given. I knew this was going to happen. Like somehow something was going to happen. It was going to get leaked for people. He really is typing this. I hate you so much. I'm, I'm not looking up leaks. I'm just curious to see if you, that's correct. Because I didn't, I didn't hear a thing all day today. I saw on... He was sleeping. So basically the reason this has been happening is... Yeah, the articles are there. Yeah, it, 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 yep. it didn't. It yeah. says leak, leaked footage has hit the internet. Well, basically what ended up happening was last year around the time of Infinity War, the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo, ended up putting up this picture of a memo saying, y'all, could you please not effing spoil this movie for everybody? Not those words, mind you. Not those words. But it ended with hashtag Thanos demands your silence. And much like we agree, we do agree, Thanos demands your silence. And also for me, at least, hashtag Star-Lord did nothing wrong. But we have to agree. Don't spoil this movie. Don't be that dick, you know. And pardon the language, the you know the nomenclature, but or perhaps dickette. Don't be Richard. Don't be Richard. I, hey, hey, come on, equal time here. Richard and Richette. That's it. Richetta. That just sure. sounds like a cheese. Mm-hmm. But good on toast. That's not even a real thing. <laughs> well, neither was some of the stuff you've said. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. But the idea that Avengers Endgame is getting spoiled. It doesn't surprise me, but man, oh man, it really does bum me out. And I ended up seeing on Twitter a post from Marvel saying, "The uh, Thanos demands your silence," and I'm kind of an idiot. <laughs> I clicked on the tweet, and I'm like, "I wonder what the top response is." And it's a screenshot from the movie, and I'm like, "Well, never mind. Enough internet for today." So I'm not going to say what it was, but it was a character, and I'm just like. What is that? I have no idea what that is. So hopefully I'm not getting anything spoiled, but I probably did. I just don't know what it is yet. Well, it's, I, if you don't know what it is, that's good. I don't know much, but I know I... Oh, I love Aaron Neville and Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. I don't know much. You, do you know Josh actually hates Aaron Neville? Or his dad does at least. Josh Rosengren? Yes, former guest of the show, Josh. Okay. Hate, his dad hates Aaron Neville. Well, now we did, his did, family has very bizarre hatreds of things. Josh hates Lionel Richie, but it's mostly because he ended up getting a cease and desist letter from him. But that's a story for another Oh, day. that is. I will tell you that off mic. It is a great story. I can't wait to hear. But basically what ended up happening with Endgame is it's possibly getting spoiled. And I'm not happy about that, like I said. I think maybe in, they should have done what they did at like San Diego, have armed guards pretty much just patrolling the aisles of the movie theater, and they have infra- I'm dead serious. About no, this. yeah, you're right, you're right. They have but, like the uh, infrared guns; they can tell when a camera is out and doing stuff. The fact they didn't have this for this, are you serious? Mm. Or you know, like, did somebody smuggle a phone into their ass? I don't know. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> cannot unhear that now. Co- Judas every time Christ. you let me ask you, every time you see Ant Man now, by the way, do you think of that theory? Uh, no, it hasn't saturated my brain yet. Thank goodness. I did see a, a meme today where it's Ant Man laying in a um, bathtub full of hot sauce, getting ready for extra uh, battle damage, and it just says Ant Man preparing for the battle. And the next comment underneath is, you know, 
it's already permeated pop culture enough that we know exactly why he's bathing in hot sauce and we don't need to say it. Mm-hmm. And we know what that battle is. It's Quantum Realm after Burner Effect, something mm, or other. I'm sure it is. Because that's going to be more audience palatable, viewing, etc., for kids, you know, teens, preteens, possibly as young as that. It's a great theory in an alternate dimension. Did I send you that reality. picture, by the way, of Thanos? With the booty? Yeah. <laughs> I thanks, didn't send thanks it. Thanks for bringing that back up, Peter. Did yeah. I send it to you? Yeah, most likely. I've, I've seen it. Thanos with his booty up in the air? I suppose, yeah. Pantsless? I've seen them all. Probably can't tell the butt from I'm his front of his face or whatever. <laughs> I'm just, you know. I kind of actually want to just send it and just have it's the just audio purple reaction. with lines. That's either case, either side. That's what it is. <laughs> but. No it's going to be quantum realm, time thing, and that's how it happens. Unhappens. Yeah, reverse happens. Now, one of the big things going on is, of course, with the Fox deal that had recently transpired and went through. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige says Deadpool is working, so why change it? So you know what that means. More. Not just more, but more of the same. Okay. So both of you, what do you guys think of the Deadpool movies? We, you and I, have, Eddie, have not talked about really the Deadpool movies, except maybe slightly in passing. We, you know, we're eventually going to do a Deadpool episode, but mm. what do you guys think of them? Really need to see the second one more than, you know, one time. Also see the Once Upon a Deadpool to see differences and, you know, just get into that stuff. Can talk about the first one because now it's hit FX and other easier uh, mediums. So it's... Which, by the way, is the PG-13 version, essentially. Yeah, essentially. So certain things and scenes can still be run across the, across the media gamut and so on. Uh, but probably need more viewings to to talk more in depth about it if you want to break down scenes and stuff but I think it holds up to the character what was started with the first one maybe maybe made a gazillion dollars and so on the so, most successful R-rated movie of all time mm-hmm, that's right yeah comedy at least yeah and and breaking that fourth wall yeah breaking that fourth wall and those box office records mm-hmm. my thoughts of Deadpool I've only seen them once um it's not that it's a bad movie. It's not something that's like very uh, a rewatchable movie for me. See, for me on with Deadpool, I feel the same way. It's I will watch it in maybe bits and pieces. Like Oh, it, that's not funny. No, I'm <laughs> I wanted to know actually why Chris is saying not not yeah. rewatchable. Because it's gonna be the same reason what I'm gonna what's say. What's not but... well what's what is it not doing that, you know, would hold your interest in watching it again? It's it's not a character. It's not a character that really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it's different not, than me. It's you know, I it's a Marvel podcast, but I'm a huge Batman fan. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Batman the Animated Series fan, mm-hmm. and that resonates with me so much because it's something I grew up with. Deadpool is not something I really grew up with, like the X Men, Spider Man, Batman. The short period of time that there was an Iron Man cartoon, a Fantastic Four, was which it? I hated because my brothers loved, but <laughs> yeah. sibling rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, well, that might have been, in fact, they made the, uh, I don't know, seven or eight issues of each of the Iron Man and the Fantastic Four. And Hulk. I think it took me a while to get all those little comic book issues, but I think it was Marvel Action Hour. Yeah. I don't know if it was called that in the show, but but the comic book title was that, yeah. It mm-hmm. was, I remember that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was like a small little Hulk animated series for a time. 
Again, I remember that Probably, one. Probably, yeah, the later, meaning the 90s version, I guess, right? Yep. Okay. My favorite thing, and I will post it on the page from time to time because it's just one of those most out there kind of things. Do you remember the Silver Surfer animated series in the 90s? Mm. It was on Vaguely. Fox Kids. Wow. Vaguely. Was it? Okay. And there was one weekend that year on uh, Fox where all the bumpers in between the different shows had Hank Hill of King of the Hill hosting for some oh, reason. Oh. Yeah, Bob, Bobby. But, you know, they what had, the hell? They had him. And he's like, oh, coming next with propane and also power and blah. But it, it was that over and over, like just different scenes. And at one point, Silver Surfer shows up and interacts with... Boom Hank, power? No, with Hank Hill. Oh. Okay. It's like the crossover we didn't know would ever happen. It's, yeah. it's one of the most random things I've ever seen on the internet. And I've shared on the page from time to time, and it's just, I still can't get over that that really happened. Yeah, well, you know, you probably have to, for more people to be more familiar with it, get that clip and post that. But it's obs- it is an obscure sure. clip. It's obscure sure. internet, and like, it's something everyone has forgotten. And that wasn't uh, the first time that we ever saw uh, Hank Hill, was it? Or? No, of course not. All right, because that reminded me of how in between was a Tracy Ullman TV show was our introduction to The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. And oh, yeah. fun fact, mildly fun at the very least, Hank Hill made his debut on Beavis and Butthead as okay. a different character. He did. I could see that, sure. Mike Judge. Those boys are whacking off in my tool shed. <laughs> That's the guy. That may or may not be a direct quote. Yeah, no, uh, my Beavis and Butthead was limited in some cases. I think my brother was more up on that. And then I did see um, Do America. That was a good, that was so, such a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I can't say the same thing about South Park because I'm really out in the dark with with that. So, South Park is very uh, hit and miss for me. Yeah, especially okay. South Park. At least in the early days, was very it's uh, an edgy cartoon show and yep. it did its own thing. And then it became, hey guys, let's get on our soapbox and give our opinion for the week so we can get a bunch of people to think of our opinion as theirs. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. that, and I love South Park, but I know way too many people who now have opinions because South Park told them. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Next. Now, in well, going back, well, going back, back to over Deadpool. to Deadpool, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about the Deadpool issue that kind of makes me a little, not iffy, but like maybe a little happier, realizing, okay, if it works, are they referring to, and I'll pull up the article one more time, because I really didn't, I just read the headline, I'll be honest, I'm one of those people. Well, that's where it starts with the headline. But, you know, yeah. Deadpool is not something I started with, because it came during a time where I had gotten out of collecting, I guess, what, mid... So, Mid-90s or so, and I just stopped in, like, 93. Yeah, and, and, and so maybe, like, for you, Chris, you it wasn't at your time when you were collecting or the stuff that you had pre, you know, had grown up with. So so that's why it didn't uh, appeal to you or whatnot. It just didn't connect with me. Yeah. I mean, and this is coming, like, I'm a Punisher fan, too. So it's, mm-hmm. like, it's, in, it's within the same wheelhouse, but it's just, I I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's I, I, it's, I understand the humor, and I get it, but it's just not, like... Good movie. <laughs> I'll well, leave it at that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you're giving it its proper credit and kudos, but it's not yours. It's so not here's yours. here's Kevin Feige's quote that he said to Variety: "When we purchased, Bob said to us, if it's not broke, don't fix it.' Bob told or Feige told Variety, there's no question that Deadpool is working. So why would we change it? So now, when we hear a statement like that, why would we change it? Does it mean the comedic tone? Does it mean keeping R-rated movies? Does it mean keeping Ryan Reynolds?" Ryan Reynolds, yes, and the character, the personality, the traits of this character. Well, I'm saying... That's what you keep. 
But again, when Deadpool did make his debut initially, he really wasn't that funny in New Mutants 98. And then slowly oh, that, okay. they... okay, that appearance, well, yeah. And obviously, I, for the record, if anybody's like, is dumbass over here saying that they're not going to make Deadpool funny in the movies? No, I'm not saying that. But you know, you got to always have all those options available. Would they consider this? Would they consider this? Would they consider this? Now, in regards to this... I'm just curious. Which this? You gave three things uh-huh. together. The last episode, you said this, that, and the other thing. Now we have three thises in yeah, here. Yeah, anyway. So Oof. the thing about it is, will we be keeping Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? Well, I think that's part of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I w- Probably I the hope. first part of it. Yes, I would say continue on. But as I've said on previous episodes, and again, because any episode can be a listener's first episode with the whole Stanley theory of, true believers, you cracked open a comic book, it's your first. I'm going to tell you a story, and... Give you everything there, and I'll I'll give you a pillow to rest your head on, and I'm turning into Peter Griffin now. <laughs> I think the possibilities are endless now that he's welcomed into the MCU. Yeah. Just for, you could have a cameo appearance by Chris Evans, Captain America, and he could say his first real swear word on screen, but it's something a little lame. They could also poke fun at Disney. Oh, it's, yeah. There's so, there's so much they could do with it now. Yep. I mean, look, Disney owns the Not Simpsons. that they couldn't do it before. Disney owns The Simpsons now, and if you remember the Simpsons movie, Bart is wearing a bra on his head, and he goes, uh-huh, I'm a corporate evil mascot. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of... Disney's going to have to also realize that, yeah, they are going to have to learn to make fun of themselves. So... Mm-hmm. I think of Mickey Mouse as the Vince McMahon of entertainment. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Your f- it's just turning into piggy now, but exactly. Well, could be, yeah. But the uh, the whole idea of you know Ryan Reynolds maybe one day leaving the role, obviously that'll happen. But I think he's way too happy being the character, you know. Mm-hmm. And he has embraced the character of Deadpool more than any other actor has embraced playing a fictional character. And uh, I don't think the role of what Pikachu was any indication that uh, he might be. Well, in the interest of fairness. Days limited on, on Deadpool. You know why he did the Pikachu role, and a lot of people have said this. Basically, when they do a Deadpool movie, another one, he can make a comment of, oh, are you going to go dress up as a Pokemon character now? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? Just make fun of that. Make fun of himself. So I kind of like that idea. Mm-hmm. Because also, that that role of him playing Detective Pikachu can lead itself into two different ways. You can have, are you going to go off and be Pikachu again with your successful movie? Or... Hey, remember when you did that really stupid Pikachu movie? It's going to be one of those. Like you That's ha- the crossroads. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great crossroads. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least it's not a terrible movie. Hellboy. But, um, Hashtag Eric Clapton crossroads. But, and actually, Chris, it's not Marvel related, but have you seen Hellboy, the new one? No. Lucky you. <laughs> it is one of the, so I guess we maybe kind of talk about Mignola as a former Marvel artist. Okay. Yeah, why not? I hated that movie. I thought it was really bad. <laughs> I'm being honest. That's Peter's fresh take. It, well, it's not a fresh take if it's a rotten review overall on Rotten Tomatoes. With it's, a it's not stale. <laughs> 13% fresh last I saw. No, I didn't see it did well on its first opening weekend. It, so My opinion about that movie is pretty much... Um, it was that. And also, to be honest, I, I think I said to you off mic uh, when we were recording last night, it reminded me of a third or a nine-year-old who just learned a bunch of swear words going on Xbox Live. <laughs> okay. It was every like 
literally within the first paragraph of dialogue, it ended with an F-bomb. And I'm like, oh, we're going for one of these kind of movies. Was that necessary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. And if you've read Hellboy, you've read some Hellboy. It's not that kind of character. Mm. And I feel that's what Marvel is doing with their, you know, at least the Marvel Studios division of films. They understand these characters, you know? But I heard Obviously. they not only up the language, but they also they up the gore factor. Again, something that the movie or the comic books were not. And I mm. understand the whole concept of the comic book. They, the sourcing material. No, you still should show a little bit of respect to the source material. You know, like Superman runs around and he's got the big S on his chest, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know, it stands for hope. Hope. Which apparently starts with an S on his planet. But the idea of so hope. <laughs> Krypton, they just have like the worst SATs. This is Peter's introduction to Kryptonian language. <laughs> they just add S before every single word. Oh, you, oh, great. Okay. Well, I took away his red underwear too. Sakal Cell. Sakal. That joke sucked. Anyway, so yeah. um, I tried. I tried. I tried and I failed. The lesson here is never try. But oh. <laughs> the, there, is, uh, there is no try. The whole idea of, you know, using blood and gore and over and over, it's... No. And again, that's why Marvel, with their movies, they understand the source material. They understand and re- show respect to everything. You don't get that with the Hellboy movie. You Hellboy reminded me of basically, I'm going to crack open a comic book. Oh, I like that panel. Let's put this in the movie. <laughs> well, that's, that's a bitchin' panel. Yo, did you see that? He's got an axe. Let's throw that in there. I don't know if he had an axe. I kind of, I almost fell asleep in the movie. I really do think I'm narcoleptic. But there's just a lot going on with this. And it also, if you want to be spoiled for the movie, do you want to know what happens in the mid-credit scene? I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Abe Sapien is revealed. He's in a tank. And it's, you'll, you'll appreciate this reference. It's a Super Mario Brothers kind of moment where we're going to hype up a sequel. Oh, wait, it's not happening? Shit. <laughs> well, wrap it up, boys. But I just printed all these crew shirts. <laughs> John Leguizamo is still waiting. I would not doubt that. He mm-hmm. does, He actually does the convention circuit because he does comic books, and I kind of want to go, so. Luigi. When's it happening? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have to dig up Bob. <laughs> Well, he could always just do his own spinoff of Luigi's Mansion, which then can which then can connect to the Ghostbusters three. This is a hell of a cinematic universe we're yeah. building here. I'm just standing back now. <laughs> this is like that. We could make a cinematic universe and somehow find a way. Have you seen that movie where it's all the cereal and food mascots? Tie that into there. It's a CGI movie. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's got Ray Liotta in it for some reason. Chantix. I think it is. <laughs> oh, oh that's right. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah. So anyway, enough of that digression. Chris, you're here to talk Avengers Endgame. Yes. What do you think? Um, I think they're going to have a good time. <laughs> I hope so. Um, given how we ended off in Infinity War, um, it's... And this is just something I had a conversation with my coworker, um, I think either Monday, it was Monday, about seeing the movie and saying that, you know, maybe you could watch it going cold and just watch Infinity War and be ready for this, but it's not going to have the same lasting effect that it did 
if you had followed the series throughout for the past 10 years. And I explained to her, I was like, you know, I sat there, waited at, for the end credits. I'm like, no, this is, no, there's, there's an end credits. And no, that was it. Yeah. And then from there, I was sold. And no then pun at, intended with the snap, I noticed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's all connected. So then, so then I started listening uh, to The Marvelous. And oh, shucks. You know how to make a fella blush. Yeah. But I started I started listening to the episodes about you guys reviewing the original MCU movies, and so then I had to go back, and then I started watching them in not um, not cr- uh, release order, not release order, because I wanted I wanted I was going to do this right and start with Captain America: The First Avenger, and mm. something that I've noticed throughout with I don't know if they planned this like ahead of time, but they kind of knew the direction they were going, and the characterization of Tony and Cap and just everybody on general, like it's. I don't think it gets enough credit, and I also have seen a running theme with the Avengers movies, and it starts from the very first Avengers with Coulson. Now, there's something that the original Avengers are unwilling to do, and this is what they have to face in Endgame is sacrifice. What brought them together was Coulson's sacrifice, and somebody has to sacrifice himself in this in order for the better for the better good of the of the universe. Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe. Yes. Spells disaster for you at sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the running theme that I've noticed. And from the very first Avengers, Coulson, he brings them all together, but they're still at odds. And what I think is going to happen in Endgame is this. Is in, in, order for, in order for them to succeed is they have to get the Soul Stone. Right. And I feel that this is a pivotal moment in the relationship between Tony and Cat in that one of them's going to sacrifice themselves for the other, and then they're going to get the Soul Stone. You're going to realize, wow, they really didn't hate each other. They truly loved each other. And that's yeah. when everything turns back into the Avengers' favor. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad uh, thinking. Like sure. And if that's that's just good writing, too. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it, and here's another thing, too. Age of Ultron, I feel, is a very underrated movie. Extremely, I feel it has a bigger role in the whole MCU than Infinity War because it set up everything. Yeah, um, not with just the cheesy line like "That's the Endgame" out there. It's from mm. the very beginning is when Scarlet Witch does the um, what's it called? Mind games. The mind yeah. games. So if you watch that back, and I just watched it last week, if you watch it back and you look at all the original Avengers, they're all um, on a planet, dead, dying. So that kind of hints at what we see. And if you connect that with what you're seeing in the trailers, that kind of coincides with it, with what his vision. And if you notice Thor's armor, he still has his long hair, but he has a new armor in that. Hmm. So I feel hmm. like it has okay. a big, it has a bigger significance than what anyone. It, no one's giving no one's giving it credit. Right. That's a good foreshadowing, though. I mean, I, I guess it's at, at face value seeing Ultron and seeing everybody dead. Except for the one who's having the the, the vision, is um, you're just thinking apocalyptic, and you know they just get wiped out because something terrible has happened. But you don't know specifically what. It just things just went south fast or whatever. But what you said about you know starting the films with Captain America: The First Avenger, it took me back to when it was put out there on Facebook and otherwise about 59 hours of all these movies. I th- I didn't think of it then, and now I'm thinking of it because you said something, Chris. What order are they showing it? Are they showing them? 
in order they were released? Or? I believe they are release order, yeah. Yeah. So we are going... Probably the easiest thing to do, um, but if, you know... I don't think it's going to have the same effect, because after doing it myself, personally, mm. it's it had a way stronger effect, because if you watch yeah. a release order, it's kind of like, oh, that was a cool movie. Yeah. But even it, but the other thing that I caught, too, was Tony Stark's um, character development. So by... After the very first Avengers, it's when he goes to the wormhole and he has PTSD in Iron Man 3, he clearly saw something, and he probably predicted... He saw the the snap. He saw the snap because when they're on... Um, what's Thanos' planet? Oh, crap. I forgot what it is. Um, well, Thanos' planet. Thanos' planet. Yes. Your home? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was beautiful. But it's just, when they finally when they finally face the face and Thanos is like Stark and you know me it's I feel like Tony saw him didn't have a name to a face but saw that so then mm-hmm. Iron Man huh. and, and if you notice though it's he just he doesn't want to be Iron Man he doesn't like he wants to set up the Ultrons to protect Earth because he knows something's gonna happen so in a way it's he he saw all of this and kept it from everybody else it's yeah yeah I feel like it's that's that's what I've noticed from the movies. I don't know if you guys have noticed the same thing. Maybe yeah. if we saw it in the uh, in that order. Yeah, I've I've always the wanted cr- to do that. Yeah, I think that is that is a perfect way to view them, and I, I I did attempt it. I was actually trying to be, I'm gonna include everything in here, so I was including uh, Agent Carter. Yeah, I'm not I, doing that. I, I tapped out halfway through the second season, or the like an episode into the second season. Mind you, I have a yes, nine to f- yes. I have I have a nine to five job, and I still finish this, so it is possible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Coming soon, The Marvelous 2.0. We do it starting again. With, <laughs> starting with, chronologically speaking, Cap, Funny. First Avenger. People, you can listen to those episodes in that order then if you want. <laughs> Good luck with that. I am not watching Thor The Dark World again. I, unless it's a Patreon exclusive. You know, it was pointed you out know, to me. You know, Eddie. It was pointed out to me that the first word in that is not the same as the villain. Although I think the first visualize it's not Malekith. Wait, who's the villain in Thor of the Dark World, Eddie? Malekith. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool beans. But cool beans. I think it does it is the first spoken visualized somebody speaking. So it's in the visual, not spoken. Right. Instead of the voiceover of Sir Anthony Hopkins as the All Father Odin is how the movie actually opens. I love Odin. So Odin and Find that at your local charity shop. Oh, I loved Odd Job. Remember that store back in the day? Yes. Good place. A lot. We're going so many. I don't know. It's not ringing a bell. Although you guys it's made okay. a media play reference and whoa. Yeah. Oh, that rung something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for people like me and Eddie, I can just mention that comic shop, Base is Loaded. And oh, so many oh, and memories. Now, now you have the name. Yeah, okay. Because you mentioned it and now I, that connects for me. That was the place. Okay. This might be the, not the one I went to in Middle or in Monticello. Monticello was on the ball. Oh, on the ball! Wait, I think bases loaded was Middletown. The one you said you said it was called CJ's. I don't necessarily remember that name, but I could be wrong. No, it was CJ's bases loaded? Question mark? Yeah. No, TJ's. It was TJ's. TJ's. Okay. It was TJ's. I remember this because I said to my friend TJ, "Did you you throw in a comic book shop?" And he's like, no. "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> It didn't work, though. That's why we have the can't shut Peter Melnick up. Stop that. Wait a minute. That has a nice ring to it. Yes. TJ's Tijuana. Now, also in regards to the future of the Marvel movies, 
Chris, what do you think is going to happen with the future of the MCU post-Endgame? Post-Endgame? Because um... a lot of people are saying, you know, with the Fox deal, which is going to happen, or is happening, Lord Feige, well, his plans are, we're going to do whatever, we're not going to care about the Fox deal. So whatever's going on might be, you know, it'll be affected by the Fox deal, but maybe it's not right now for the foreseeable future. Maybe. I'm not really sure. Although I actually have read thing, um, good things though about Dark Phoenix for the early viewings for that. Um, See, I've heard bad things. I've heard nothing but good. It's going to exceed expectations. I really want it to succeed. Me I'm too. a huge X-Men fan. It's just mm-hmm. I want it to succeed. I but, admit too. I saw the trailer and I wasn't impressed, but... That's... it's. I mean, if it... I want, I can, I'm trying to think of a movie that was really good, but the trailers were very misleading. And by the way, going back over to your um, idea of watching the whole cinematic order or the chronological order, you say the whole point of it's more impactful. You're, you know, with Endgame now, it's going to be important to you because you saw all of that and it's built up to that. It's kind of like with the movie Logan where you watch 17 years worth of movies and then you see Logan. Whereas if you go in cold and just watch Logan, it's not going to have that same impact for you. It's not. No. And... I've had conversations with people and they say, oh, should I, I've never seen an X-Men movie, but I want to see Logan. No, don't do that. Because you want to have that emotion of when he goes, so this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Then it has that yeah. literal. You know what? People could do that if they want because it's like maybe the hype built up to Logan being that kind of movie, however you define that. So you get something out of it, but not the same as if you've seen everything else leading into it. And then maybe that person will decide to go back and catch up and then real, up. realize or see it again and then it's going to smack them right between the eyes. And then they'll, oh. Like a yeah. tree through the chest. Too Ooh. soon? Wow. Ooh. I will say this, though. If you're going to see Logan and if you have no intention I of... I know what you're saying. If you have no intention of watching any other X-Men movies, the only one I do recommend is X-Men First Class. You'll, oh. you'll be caught right up. I thought you were going to say watch hmm. Logan as Logan Noir. No. Logan Noir was a very interesting take. It's literally you just take the TV and turn off the black and white. But for Logan Noir, they did like certain film filters and all this. They even included an old school 20th Century Fox opening. Well, it's a Western. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's It was it was made that way. It's a Western. So it's made... Uh, so I worked with a guy when that movie came out that year. He had, he's just not a big superhero fan. He's not a very he's not in he's not into it. And I tried to sell him on Logan. He's like, I just like things that are more realistic. I was like, well, I whatever that means, right? Whatever <laughs> realistic, okay. Mm-hmm. But I told him I was like, you know, what, if you really like westerns, watch Logan. I was like, I think you'll appreciate it. And it's got claws for hands, so it's not that realistic, but it's pretty realistic. Exactly. Put the knives down. And did he see it? I don't know. Text him. Find out. Do you have his number? <laughs> Three years later, did you watch Logan? Who the hell is this? <laughs> no. But I think the idea of all these movies having that thread of you need to see all this other stuff to really appreciate it. We have had conversations with people where they, you know, I, I think I was tweeted, what movies should you watch if you just want to get into Endgame real fast? Like you can't, you're not going to watch all 20 movies beforehand, but I want to, you know, see a few. And myself, I've said Iron Man, maybe Captain Marvel. You go with the first Avengers because you don't need to watch Iron Man 2. 
You don't need to watch Hulk. You don't need to watch... Which Elon Musk is in Iron Man too. Yeah. FYI. Famous rapper about Harambe, Elon Musk, is hmm. in fact in Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Um, also, you can, like I said, you can watch, I think, the first Captain America. You can watch... Winter Soldier, if you didn't say, yeah. I, I would say the entire Cap trilogy, to be honest, because they each have their own important things. You have the whole you know, establishment of Hydra in 2... You end up having why they fall apart right before uh, Infinity War. It's perfect. I would say watch them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you have the time to do it, do that. But like I said, the Rush Guardians as well. I, it's I really feel that you have to watch all the Ironmans though to watch Tony's development from cocky playboy. To, cocky playboy to still cocky. Still but, cocky, but he more responsible. I yeah. more responsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you see him when he's a mentor for Peter, and that's where it really changes, and then it's just... Let me ask you, in regards to that, a lot of people crap on that movie because of that relationship between Peter and Iron Man. I personally love that. I think that's needed. It's a different change. Well, I understand it being pooped on because it wasn't in the comic books. But again, to flip on what I said, not everything has to be what it was in the comics. It just seemed to be such a deviation from... But these what are we the, know. But these are the movies. These are these are the movies. And, and FX has the movies. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'll say this, and, and as a comic fan, more people know the movies than they do the comics. And more yeah. people are willing to be, wait a minute, these are comic books too? <laughs> I can read more Iron Man Well, stuff? they made a nice tie-in because they had Stark engineer the Spidey suit. So, okay, let's go with that. So I'm all right with that. Yeah. I mean, in all And it on, helps that Peter's smart too. Yeah. Ma, well, thank you. Oh, Peter Smart. That's another person we have to know. Peter, you got to think about. Oh. Parker! <laughs> Avenge me! And that's a different character, but... <laughs> it's in the Peter Parker universe. Who can be seen in Aquaman. Aquaman? Mm. Oh, yeah. My man. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say in regards to Endgame, do you think we could maybe... Which would you want to see first introduced? The Fantastic Four? Blade, more street-level teams, or the X-Men. Because if it's going to happen, apparently the, you know, the Netflix series are no mo, no mo. Like they're not going to reboot them back on Disney Plus? As far as I know, that's not going to be the case. The Disney Plus shows are going to be, as of this recording, Winter Soldier and Falcon, Loki with his pokey stick, and WandaVision. Which is both the worst name of a show and the most genius name of a show. <laughs> Wanda Sykes? No, stop that. It's, but, a new, it's a new way to to watch in WandaVision. I, that's what I that's I think what they're trying to go for, but it's just such a weird title. Like I don't how can you have a serious show and have it be WandaVision? It's like a Muppet show. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Well, I'm never going to forget the name WandaVision. That is true. Or Goldust. You like breathing in deep, too, on the show, huh? Does that to a person. (laughs) (laughs) Believe you me. You stop that. But (laughs) the idea of these shows, which which of those four would you want to see introduced into the MCU post-Endgame? Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil. Really? Yes. Really, really? Yes. I could. I just, I, I, it's just the season three. It's pretty but, cool. Which one do you want to see? Daredevil. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Too Too sweet Christmas, even. <laughs> no, that's a different guy. This is true. 
no, but Daredevil, I just they got it right. And yeah. and this is coming from a guy that like I'm a casual Daredevil fan, and this got me way into it, especially the last season. It's just the whole development of him, and it's born Daredevil Born Again, which is the one of the greatest Daredevil stories you'll ever read. And just that fight scene with him—it's spoiler alert. It's been out for how many months now? It's it's been out since I think beginning. No, uh, end of the year. It was October of October, last year. October, October. It's but you should have seen it by now. But I haven't. But but go ahead. Know, but I mean, that's well, fine. So that fight scene. <laughs> No, there's a fight scene between him and and Wilson Fisk, and it's just just the development of him, the emotion that he gives. It's it's very real and like visceral. Yeah, it's the world's largest love machine. Viscera. <laughs> <laughs> no, for the Russell heads in the audience, we're just gonna be making jokes now for that to entertain. For all the sca- can we do that again? Yes. No, for brother, the- we're live. <laughs> <laughs> we're live, pal. Oh, people. You're only half the man that I and I have half the, <laughs> the brain, brain that you do. Um, no, but it's, it's. I mean, what was it? The Hawkeye and Falcon? Yes. That, no, Hawkeye is going to be getting his own series, but it hasn't been officially announced. It's going to be Winter Soldier and Falcon together. That just sounds like a Bosom Buddies. I want that so <laughs> bad. It just sounds like a Bosom yeah, Buddies well, show. Where, wait, so they're going to be dressing in drag? Yeah, you know essentially. what? And yeah, then probably uh, it's Peter just, Scolari shows up. Or maybe it's going to be like a Laverne and Shirley, and then they're doing the whole conveyor belt thing. And, he, put, and, he, pull, <laughs> and he pulls Bucky's arm and puts on the conveyor belt. Oh. And then they do the way. <laughs> I, I love the idea that maybe like you incorporate Shamil, Shlamazel, Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated into his code words, and it turns him into the Winter Soldier. Oh, man. Right. Those, <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Yeah, well, I yeah. would watch that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think it would make it to a movie? Not just I a, think yeah. it. Well, at least a Disney Plus movie. Do you think it kind of spoils it though that they're going to have a Loki series? <laughs> no, because again, this is the magic of the you know the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Different timelines. Captain Marvel is set in the nineties. Uh, what's it called? Captain America was set in the forties. You have all these different timelines, different releases. You can you can get away with it. The wacky misadventures of Loki. What, of him as dressing up as Odin? Or as a snake. Well, no. When he was disguising himself as Odin, and then he had Matt Damon. Who, by the way, which <laughs> I lost saw, in space again. But but <laughs> I saw this fact. It was like a very interesting fact that in the movie Dogma, Matt Damon plays Loki, and then in Thor Ragnarok, he plays Loki as an actor. I wonder if that's another nod to Kevin Smith then in the MCU. This is like the sec. This is actually the first one. It probably has to be. I, I, I saw that on Instagram the other day, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. That actually makes perfect sense. I like that. And I'm not even that big of a Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Dante, Clerks, Brian Halloran. Listen to the Halloran. I think he's doing that podcast. The store is open, I assure you. What smells like shoe polish? <laughs> now, in regards to Daredevil, what kind? Of, how would you want to introduce him into the MCU, and who would you want to have him interact with? Um, and it does bum me out, by the way, saying, "How would you introduce Daredevil into the MCU?" Because I guess they're not a part of the MCU anymore. Well, I mean, to they break got the, evicted. To break the ice, I would have him and Happy. 
you know, considering Haffy's playing Foggy in the 2003 Daredevil. Yeah. That would be very, it just, just a little, you know, tongue in cheek. And then it's, for Daredevil though, I think he should be introduced with um, Tom Holland. Really? Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? It's just the interaction between Daredevil and Spider-Man in the comics that I think would resonate. And plus, you know, Tom Holland, like, being a teenager and Daredevil being such a brooding, like, character, it's like, you gotta show another side of him. Now, hypothetically speaking, who would you cast as Daredevil? Would you bring Charlie Cox back in? Ben Affleck. Really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, I'd probably recast Charlie, like, Charlie Cox back. It's funny because he is... I, I didn't buy him at first because when I saw him, it was just like, ah, this guy, like... This guy, this guy. Well, it was the costume or lack thereof. Yeah, and at first, but that's, again, they were adapting the Man Without Fear storyline by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Yeah, I can, I'm only in for one season so far, so that's you know, part of the catch-up. But that was what they were referencing. Like, that's why yeah. the whole black suit. I'm like, that's... I remember when that happened initially. Everyone was like, oh, what? He's not in the costume. I'm like... I said that comic book. I said that first, and then you and then you pointed it out, and then I, you know, did my research, and you know, it's especially. Did you do MLA citation? Now, how far in the season one are you? I I watched the first season and the first episode of season two. And the great thing I love about season one, though, is they don't give you everything at once. No, yeah. it's Daredevil. No. It's you know, he he gets a suit. He eventually gets a suit because he gets a suit maker. He eventually gets a staff. Well, his sticks from staff. Well, <laughs> it's 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 all like it's. They did a great character build for him. How much of the lore of uh, Daredevil do you know now? Like, aside from the uh, show, like, how much did you read of like the comics afterwards? Like, information about it. Some. It's. I mean, like, and the re- and this is why I bring up the whole Spider-Man thing is because it's. I want Wilson Fisk to get involved yeah. with Spider-Man. I want him like as a bigger role in the MCU because he has a bigger one. Vanessa. Well, I was a boy. Wilson Fisk has a bigger one than many people. Now, the one thing about that, though, with uh, I'm asking about the whole how much of, do, do you read, you know, in terms of like, information. I don't know how to read. Stop that. <laughs> his uh, his suit maker is a villain in the comics, the Gladiator. So I'm wondering were they if since the show's never going to happen again, do you think they would have down the line made him into a villain? I I mean, hmm. yeah, no, it's. You haven't seen season three, have you? I'm on. I watched the first two seasons. I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna spoil that. You can. I mean, if you he's want. not. He's not really a villain, but he does come back, and it's just. I don't know. That's season three, though. The whole, the way they built Bullseye, it's just, just I. It, I don't know. It's a very, very. It, it's not talked about as much as it should be. I lo- I love I've because I went to the uh, Daredevil panel at uh the the theater at Madison Square Garden during Comic Con weekend and seeing the relationship the actor who plays Bullseye and Vincent D'Onofrio, you know, interacting with each other, it made me want to see what the show was. And, like, they had, like, a very, like... They said it's, like, a father and son kind of relationship, too, in a way? It's... In a way. Because, I mean, in this, he's portrayed as an FBI agent um, watching Wilson Fisk on House Arrest. So it's just the way Wilson Fisk can manipulate people and get, get his way, essentially, out of them by digging into their history... That's what really did it for me. And I'm actually curious, um, Eddie, first off, does this make you want to watch more of the Netflix series? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now, definitely. It's just that whole time thing. My other question that, with is that is, do you have Luke Cage? Did I get you that? No, I don't believe so. Oh, I didn't. I have to... 
procure it for you soon. Yeah, I'll have to uh, get all the Netflix series caught up and ready to watch. You should just get a Netflix account. <sighs> Maybe. It's only thirteen. But I can see month. I can see the, the Spider Man Daredevil put together Wilson Fisk common denominator because I think in the comics I common I, denominator. I knew yeah. <laughs> I knew that being a Spider-Man fan from the beginning, one of the first comics, Marvel-wise, that uh, Kingpin was in those comics, and maybe before Daredevil. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure, but as to where Daredevil's uh, Kingpin's first appearance was, I assume it's it's in either one of those two titles. Mm-hmm. And I you just, know, it's just something that you could build off of, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, it's New York, it's New York City, it's the five boroughs, and Spider-Man's in one, and Daredevil's in another, and so it, you know, they're gonna they're gonna match up, meet up soon my biggest thing though is if you're a villain in the marvel universe it's get out of new york yeah just move like they're all there like you know where they're the x-men are in upstate like just go to like kansas or something well the x-men are in uh westchester, in westchester. that's that's upstate from new york yeah, city so true. yeah and yeah. anything above yonkers is upstate i got your back chris it's okay <laughs> <laughs> this peter guy i don't know this guy now also people I guess, you know, we're going to drift away from a little bit of Avengers and go over to Defenders a little bit. Because oh, myself, I'm watching, I'm finishing up, as of tonight, the final episode of Iron Fist Season 1. And to be completely honest, it does get a lot of flack from audiences. I liked it a lot. And is it hammy with some of the dialogue and acting? Yeah. It, and cheese, too? It's, it's not kosher. Oh. It's that hammy. It's um, not that kosher ham. <laughs> and... I just had fun watching that and to be able to see all of them built up in, like I'm like I said I'm going through everything and the next thing I'm going to watch is the defenders. And I would say do you think the MCU should learn from the Netflix series of how to build up, you know, a team like that? Or was the Avengers how they built those up fine the way it was? Well, the Avengers came first, so well, obviously but I'm yeah. saying if Netflix was was watching and, and taking notes and putting for future Other teams. ideas into what they were doing, um, maybe. Okay. We don't know. We'll have to get those interviews and see. So what were you thinking, Netflix, when you started with Double D? Well, Eddie, I, John Q. Netflix, believe that. <laughs> Good start. Now, also, in regards to a lot of this, I just feel it, it bums me out because we're watch- you and I are talking about watching the Netflix shows. I feel, in a way... Is what we're watching even worth it now? It's kind of like when Star Wars uh, got bought by Disney and all of the books beforehand, all of the games. Those are legends now. Those don't count anymore. Don't Everything count. you like, that doesn't count anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not canon. So whatever. Goodbye. When you watch, could you rewatch Daredevil now still and be like, yeah, it doesn't count, but I still enjoy it? Of course. I could watch that. I could watch Punisher. I mean, Punisher. Although much needed, I it's and how do you get a character like that like wrong, or it's such an easy character. Family dies. He's the two thousand the two thousand four one can say hello to you, because that movie sucked. It's not it's not that bad. Thomas uh, Thomas Jane as the Punisher. This is my regular talking voice. Can you tell I'm a tough guy? I don't know if you can tell. I didn't, did I establish this enough for you yet? Oh hi, Kevin Nash. What what happened to your quad? Too sweet. Uh-huh. Too sweet. You know, in one day I too sweeted both him and Scott Hall. That's the end of that anecdote. Thank goodness. Yeah, I did a show once, and uh, Scott Hall was backstage, and yeah, 
He's he's the man. There you go. Exactly. But the pun like the Punisher series, it's it's good. It's not great. I'll say that. It's again, it's like cheese, probably right. It's not cheese. I mean, they they there is a method to their madness, but it's not something that you, it's not a need to watch. Like Daredevil was something that I was like, I can't wait for this. Yeah. Punisher was like, oh, season two's out. I'm like, I'll wait a week. Wow. Now, what was the premise, I don't know, of putting a Punisher series out, but maybe especially after the Punisher movies, maybe they were thinking they'd do it better? And it's not happening, at least from what you've seen, because I haven't seen any Punisher Netflix. Well, Punisher gets introduced in season two of Daredevil. Um, it's one of those things where it's I like, I like him as a main role, but sometimes he's good as just a supporting character. Now, Eddie was actually recounting to me watching the first episode of season two of Daredevil, and he had asked me, there's this guy, he's just shooting everybody. Is that the Punisher? That's what and we're yeah, not going to say anything. First episode, so I did recall that now that you mentioned. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. made it made me love I'm like, I'm not going to spoil this for you, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. In but all... then he stopped me because he said, no, you really should be what? You watch Jessica Jones first yeah. and then go to season two and Daredevil. Although, I said, oh, okay. I've never seen Jessica Jones. I loved Jessica Jones. I still think it's actually the best thing that Marvel Studios in general has put out. And that's saying something as a diehard Guardians Volume 2 guy as I'm wearing my gear shift shirt. Yeah, but yeah. in yeah. my opinion, with the whole uh, the importance of Jessica Jones, you end up she's not mentioned that much in like Iron Fist, for example, which kind of surprises me. Like she's maybe mentioned in passing for one key moment for the uh, Rand family or not the Rand family, the Meachams. Well, refresh my and any listener that not sure Jessica Zone, Jessica Jones character name is associated mostly with Iron Fist character. No. Alias, uh, Alias Investigation. Okay, but the character that she interacts with mostly is Luke Cage. Luke Cage, that was my next thing. Okay, right. It was my first thing, but then you said Iron Fist. What's okay. her power? She can get really messed up. <laughs> and when I say messed up, I mean drunk as hell. And That's a superpower. Beat the ever-loving shit out of people. And st- oh, and still stand, she's I thought. Okay. She's strong. Like, she's got some, she's got some oomph to her punches. Because I've that- watched Defenders, and I still don't know her powers. Like I said, why, why, <laughs> in my opinion, Jessica Jones is perfect because they managed to find a way to take David Tennant, a guy, you, if you know him like I do, for Doctor Who as the 10th Doctor, and he's this lovable, cuddly, oh, Alonze, we're going to go have adventures in outer space and time. And then he's just this evil piece of shit who, when you just hear this, Jessica, and it just puts a chill down your back because you managed to take a, a person you love and absolutely hate the hell out of him. Mm. That's... That's talent as an actor. So, and also good direction, good writing. So, so maybe I'll give it another shot. It is, it is worth watching because it's, I'm, a, I'm on a madman kick right now. So, yeah, that's fine. That's I, fine. I had, I had to take a break from superheroes. I mean, you can only take in so much. I got Avengers Endgame. I just want to keep my head clear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, with a lot of the, uh, the Netflix shows, I've also been wanting to get into more of the other shows from Marvel. I want to still get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just because I've heard it gets better after the first season. Uh, maybe not immediately. It may plateau somewhat, I think, after the first season. I've heard like season two onward. It's like boom, mm-hmm. right off to the races. Yeah, I'm lacking there. but And maybe at some point pick that up again. But I got into season two somewhat. And okay, not quite as up there. So So maybe it kind of took off a little more from coming down after the first season. I don't think there was anything bit better have from I, what I have seen other than the first season. Have either of you watched Inhumans? Yes. 
Is that the FX series? No, that no. You're thinking of Legion, which Legion is. Good. I'm. I watched the first episode. I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and my and and Ben Ortiz. He had uh, talked about it. He hyped it up for me, and he's like, it's so good. He still messages me from time to time, going, "Did you finish it yet?" I'm like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> but I'm just like, I it's I hate I I can't I can't hurt to tell him that you know I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Unfortunately, what's actually happening, or what's a hallucination, or I, it's, yep. I don't know. Yep. And that's without reading the comics that are associated with that. So I don't know. And I, I had asked that on a previous episode. Is it beneficial if you read the Legion comics? Nope. It's not. Nope. You're saying, okay. Comes. I had a vague idea that, you know, these things are going to happen. Dude has a 90s flat top in the middle of the movie, or the show, or in the uh, comic, I mean. Yeah. So it's not even worth Like, if you look at what Legion looks like in the comic versus on the show, yeah. you would, like... The MCU would utilize him like that, make him look like that, in, you know, with the comic version. I could see him having, like, that 15 feet high, you know, Marge Simpson hair. <laughs> yes. But whereas in Legion, the show, they're like, that would look stupid. Why would we do that? Mm-hmm. And it is it is an example of we have a role and we have a, a look to a character. We don't want the translated, you know, from the the book to the page or the book to the screen, you know? Yep. Like, in all honesty, I've always said it. OG Falcon is one of the worst costumes in comic book history. Like, it's so crappy looking. I'm not a fan of it. But then you have the one in the movies. That's pretty cool. It's so okay. that's right. We had we had this discussion Compared once before. Compared to the original. The though. red and white, you're just... Okay, it well, the so dumb super the original on one, which was the green and orangey. Well, I know that. Okay, well, well, no. When he makes well, an like, appearance on the cover, he's got the... What's he the talking Falcon. about? Do you have his colors here? I don't understand. <laughs> What about Hawkeye? Oh, I love Hawkeye with his big purple dumb stuff. Oh, God. I, I, I've always been partial to just sim- the simplified Hawkeye where he's wearing a T-shirt and he's got a bow. That's it. Because realistically, that's what a character named Hawkeye would be. He's not like, well, if it's time to put my helmet on for arrowing, whom I, I realize it's archery, but yeah, the words exited first. For arrowing. Did they? <laughs> for arrowing. Oh, did they? You get brought up Inhumans. Oh yeah, so neither what of you. Is, or, what is that exactly, Eddie? You explain because I I could not get past the first minute of them laying in bed, and it was conf- like stupid. I was like, "This is dumb." Oh, the well, hair it's moves. Another, it's another the hair moves. Yeah, ser- and then another, she cuts it off. Another group of characters that have mutant power. Well, not Mut- mutants; they're inhuman powers. They're so so they're you know, a different class, perhaps, and they live on the moon. AKA Marvel didn't have the rights to mutants at this point, so they were trying to make inhumans a thing. Yeah, it really that is the couple real of, reason. Couple of uh, comic book runs, series, nothing too long on their own titles, and I guess in the early OOS, oh, when they when they came out, when they came out, um, so and they would show up most frequently, I think, in Fantastic Four comic books, seventies, more so than anything, uh, to the point of a relationship uh, with um, Johnny Johnny Storm Crystal Johnny. One of his uh, one of his loves, uh, but Medusa with the long hair and that being her her power and uh, Black Bolt, the one who couldn't speak, otherwise he'd you know cause earthquakes, massive destruction because that was his power, hmm. and he ruled as as king of the Inhumans for that whole time, but without without speaking, and an amphibian an amphibious creature by the name of Triton, and the, the strong guy Gorgon with hoof-like 
feet. So different looking characters and, you know, that kind of thing. So they they were probably kind of a long shot to uh, do anything Good Mutant. off the comic book uh, page. Hmm. You really didn't get that reference? Good Mutant, is that what you said? You said long shot. Yeah, good. I had a feeling long shot's coming out. Something's going to happen, and there you go. You mentioned Gorgon, and I immediately thought Small Soldiers. Wow, that uh, the 1998 Phil Hartman classic. <laughs> His last movie. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which he has my favorite line in that movie is when they're watching the war documentary and he's eating popcorn. He's like, I think World War II is my favorite war. <laughs> oh, favorite, jeez. <laughs> I'm trying not to diss any inhuman here, but Karnak is the uh, martial arts um, character who I think was, oh boy, I, I, I can't think, think of his, neth- his, his ethnicity possibly, even though he was inhuman. Karnak's most recent run by Warren Ellis from Marvel was really good. And oh, yeah. No one gives that acknowledgement. Like, it's one of those underrated hits. Well, I didn't know it existed, so I couldn't acknowledge it. Thank I want to say it's much. 2016, 17. Oh, really recent. Okay. Because that was when they were trying to push the Inhumans as a thing at Marvel Comics. And then no yeah. one was buying the titles, and everyone's yeah. just like, well, X-Men's better. See ya. <laughs> well, yeah. I have one quick question, though. So, with the whole promotion for Endgame... And people look at IMDb and saying, well, you know, so-and-so is going to come back because he's on the casting list. IMDb is edited by fans. 50 Cent was once listed All as right, e so it kind of partially answers my question. But <laughs> do you think they were just purposely, you know, pay people to show up on set so people see them on set and they're not yeah. using the movie? They did that with hmm. um, Infinity War with Michael Rooker as Yondu. They had him in makeup and he showed up on set and it turns out he died. However... However, they were filming both movies at the same time. Here's the thing about this. You bring that up, and it just the synapses for me just connected. He could be showing up in the movie still, but in flashbacks. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the Rook might still be in there. But what about... Um, it's, so the only thing that brings to mind is Quicksilver. Like He's been rumored to be back in, back in the MCU in this film, but... Again, time travel. We think that's what it's going to be, because yeah. there's scenes utilizing Captain America in his 2012 outfit. So and it's the Battle of New York scenes. I think it's going to be that, or the incident, as they called it in the Netflix series. The incident. The incident. They yeah. Called the incident. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mary Poppins, y'all. I hope. I honestly would love to see him back. Like somehow bring him back. But then again, his death in Guardians Volume Two was incredibly impactful, and I don't want to discount that. You know, I don't want it to be like, well, he's still alive though, so that didn't really matter, guys. <laughs> oh, you got sad about that? Well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I will say this though about Infinity War. The biggest thing that I took away, one, I was like the shock value, but immediately after that, I was like, Far From Home comes out next year. I was like, so. This year? Well, back yeah. then. Oh, oh, yeah. From yeah. that point, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a time travel here like Ant Man, but. Well, if, hey, if hey you, good save. <laughs> if you notice, though, during the one scene in the trailer for uh, Far From Home, you see his uh, passport. There's no issue date. So maybe it was all a dream. <laughs> it's like that one show, uh, Saint Elsewhere. It's just the dream of a child sitting in, you know, like looking at a snow globe. That's a reference nobody in this room got. I'm genuinely shocked. Rosebud, nah, eh, good enough. Different one, but yeah, whoa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's way pre Saint Elsewhere. What? What if? All right. So what if the end of Endgame is just Stanley waking up, and that's it, and the whole thing was just all. Oh, I head. shouldn't have had those wow. chicken fajitas. Oh, <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be upset. They're saying that this is apparently going to be one of the most important Stanley cameos too. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was just thinking of, I guess it was Ant-Man and the Wasp when he, when he was going out to his car, then he said, well, I had fun in the 60s, but now I'm paying for it. <laughs> I, I could see something like that. I could see <laughs> waking up in a cold sweat. Ah, true That's bo- true yeah, believers. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Moo. Hell cow. No, Hell cow no. makes his debut or her debut in the Marvel Cinematic no, Universe. Oh, no, man. I just meant, yeah. I want Hell cow. Hell cow would be great. How, a cow, how now, it's a cow, cow? It's a cow with a cape that just goes. I, I just hope it ends with, you know, Tony and Pe- Tony and Pepper in France drinking wine, and then Happy Hogan just reading his newspaper, sees him nods, just like the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> 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 Woo. I have to get rid of the bomb, Alfred. <laughs> I mean, Happy. <laughs> Why are you talking? Yes, get way? rid of the stones. <laughs> Pretty much. He has to pass them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That could be painful. I think that's a good note to end this episode yeah, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, no question. Before we go, Chris, major thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. And how can people get a hold of you on them and our social medias? I'm on Instagram at CJ Mira. It used to be private, but I have made it public. Um, Facebook, not going to find me. <laughs> exactly. And There's CJ, a reason. Well, the Mira part is spelled CJ, what? M- oh, oh. C-J-M-I-R-R-A. M-I-R-R-A, got it. Did you really just spell for everyone how to spell C-J? Well, no, C-J-M-I-R-R-A, ha-ha. There you go. But I'm thinking of the thing that looks back at you. You're sitting, you can't strut. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. But apropos that, I'm in a radio station and I'm quoting Jeff Jarrett. Double J, J J-A-R-R-E. Double T, but it's J-E. Double F, J A, double R, E, double T. Ha ha, double J, Jeff J. And he's H A, double L. Just spell the rest of fame. Good enough. Double like, O. I ruined the joke. What the hell? Jeez. Double O, double M, double G. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Chris Mira. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. And now another fun-filled edition, that's questionable, of Obsessed with Marvel. Chris, you're familiar with this part of the program? Of course. Oh, okay. And I, the sub-note, I think you, you started mentioning off mic. Oh, yes. That. Yes. So, like, I've listened to you guys. I've, I've listened to the choices. And, Get them wrong know, a lot of times, but yeah. We do. Yeah, it's some of the ones, and I'm not a, not a diehard Marvel person, but usually when you're I... You're more of a lethal weapon I, I go, I go, person. I go... <laughs> I go with my gut, and I'm usually pretty. I'm usually right. Bruce Willis. Okay. Quiz question is at number 1941. Good year. Well, not for the you know the United States of the World War One or World War Two. I mean, good mm-hmm. war though. That was a movie. Well, 1940. Yeah, with Dan Aykroyd too. Yeah, a spoof kind of movie. Okay. Made into a comic by Bernie Wrightson for. All right, Metal let's Magazine. go. Question number 1941. Then, what was the occupation of Mark Spector's father? Priest. Oh, Rabbi, yep, rabbi, minister, CIA agent. I don't even really know it's, Mark Spector's father. It's, it's rabbi because Mark Spector is Jewish. He's one of the few Jewish superheroes. Spector. I'm, I'm a big Moon Knight fan. I Priest, know rabbi, minister, CIA agent. Well, I figured if anybody, you would, yeah. I, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't I mean, know. I'll, I'll, like, I'll oh, agree. Yeah, I'll say rabbi. All right, let's go with B, rabbi. And it is... Correct. Oh, thank goodness it's correct. I'm loony for Mooney, my guys. I. 
But if you're Set. a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, it's something else. That's okay. just delicious. That you feel like the chocolatey milk in there. So sure, okay. Do you, do you feel like pina coladas? Taping it down. Yes, yes. Getting caught in the rain. Mm-hmm. Did you see the thing I tagged in on Facebook today about the Alan Parsons project? Uh, yes, yeah, somewhat. I'm like, wait a minute, this needs more attention than I want to give it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like calling upon my musical prowess and wanting to quelch whatever this is. Okay, question number 348. Which Marvel editor, writer, or artist was the inspiration for Mr. Mobius of the Time Variance Authority? Oh, no. Which Marvel editor, writer, or artist was the inspiration for Mr. Mobius of the Time Variance Authority? Was it Archie Goodwin? Mark Grunwald, Grunwald, Steve Gerber, or Walter Simonson. I'm going to go with Grunwald because Grunwald was loved by a lot of people in Marvel, and it seems like after he passed, he would have been immortalized as a character. Now, how should I know? Because I don't. Mr. Mobius of the Time Variance Authority. It just seems like a character. that he, It's either him or Goodwin. But I'm going with Grunwald because... What about you? What what would be your choice that is probably going to be the right one? <laughs> Archie Goodwin, Mark Rowanweld, Steve Gerber, Walter Simonson. Walter Simonson. That actually really? does seem believable, too. <laughs> I'm going to start with his first guess because I'm just going with B and Mark Rowanweld. <laughs> it is correct. Okay, I thought so. Cause like, wow. Again, when he he was all, it might have also been when he was alive too, because they loved that dude. Like, if you go to a show, if you see Fabian Nicieza at a show, ask him about Mark Grunwald and memories of him, and he will regale you with tales. Oh, okay. Hmm. Third and final question. I got a fun fact, real quick, actually. Before that, mm. when he died, his he was cremated, and they took his ashes and mixed it with ink. His favorite character or favorite thing he ever wrote was squadron supreme which is a 12 issue series from 1985 to 1986 and it's considered his greatest work and it's considered by a lot of people to be on par with Watchmen, but no one acknowledges it because it's whatever no one really cares right well i think there was a little more squadron supreme than just that run but it was that it was that mini first Mm -hmm. and when the book got released after he passed like they collected in paperback in like 1995 96 they did something like Kiss. Remember Kiss put the blood in the thing? Yeah. Mark Grunwald's ashes were mixed into the ink. And so if you have an original printing of that in paperback from like 95, 96. In paperback? You, ha- you have okay. some of Mark Grunwald on your bookshelf. Wow. Wash your hands. It's like his favorite. Like, Handle with thing. care. No, <laughs> I think there's a Squadron Supreme. I just it's came across total- it in my collection. Um, uh, The Wraparound. Yeah, it's probably one of the book. newer ones, but. I don't know if it's that that new, but... The, uh, the other thing about uh, that is a few years ago, they did a whole signing thing, a Mark Grunwald signing. They bought a rubber stamp with his signature on it, and they took his ashes that were in the ink as well, mm-hmm. put it on there. All right, well... So you got Mark Grunwald technically the mark. to sign the book for you. So do you think after Endgame, he's going to come back? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> wow. All right, that was like a slow pitch. Yeah, that was a home run right there. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. That was dark. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what kind of reaction it would have been, because just wide-eyed and open mouth wouldn't have been enough for a podcast. Send, send all your hate <laughs> messages to Chris's <laughs> Instagram. Rewind to question and final one number My three. My God, five ninety four, and I think I got this. Who was Harry Osborne's wife? 
Was it Betty Brant, Liz Allen, Joy Mercado, or Mary Jane Watson? Wasn't it Betty Brant? Or no, Liz Allen. I'm thinking Liz Allen. Yeah, Betty Brant was the the original secretary, and that was Peter's first girlfriend when mm-hmm. he was working. Yeah. I mean, Betty, I believe, did get married to somebody else. Yeah, but, but it wasn't him. It was Liz, yeah, it was Liz Allen because Harry and Liz own the uh, own Oscorp, and then later on they own Alchemax. Harry yes. and Liz, that you said it made sense to me actually too. Yeah. But I, then I had I had Flash Thompson in my head. Maybe they he dated Liz for a time, but I'm thinking Liz Allen. I got something to talk to you about, uh, Harry, or uh, Flash Thompson. Can we, we get go off mic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Off mic, Flash Thompson. Stay tuned or not, Chris. I'll agree. Liz okay. Allen. That sounds like a game show. X gets the square. I'll agree. Yeah, that's Hollywood, Hollywood Squares. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. Do you you just laughing to patronize me? Because if you don't know Hollywood Squares, it's okay. No, I do. No, you do. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. Let's go with B. Yes. Okay. I think we had three Bs in this one. Three in a row, baby. I suppose. I don't know. That's not happening all the time. Uh, rarely, in fact. But we digress. And thank you for listening.